I'm Scott Rosick, your host for the Ordinary Success Podcast. Welcome to the very first episode. So as a refresher, I want to tell you what this podcast is all about. This podcast is about finding and speaking with people who are, quote, ordinary successes. That means everyone who is on this podcast has to meet certain criteria. They don't have to be mega millionaires or billionaires. They don't have to be heirs to fortune. They don't have to be former uh, management consultants turned entrepreneurs. In fact, the main criteria for being on this show are that they, one, didn't go to an Ivy League school, didn't inherit a significant sum of money, didn't get a large loan from family or friends to start a business, and they wake up every day doing what they love. And with that, I bring you today's first guest. I'm so excited uh, to bring you this wonderful conversation today with none other than Terry Nathan, life, wellness, and executive coach at Strong Girl Enterprises, and author of Strong Girl Spirit, Strong Girl, Girl Spirit with God, and Women Who Impact. She had an entrepreneurial spirit from the start, worked her way up the ranks uh, at Dollar Tree, which many people don't realize is a Fortune 130 company, and then decided to strike it out on her own. This conversation was so fun. Terry is an amazing person who sees the bright side of everything, has an incredibly important message for youth and adults, especially in today's increasingly social media-influenced world. And her integrity and spirit shines through in her words. She truly embodies everything that this podcast is about. Links to her books, her website, and everything else, Terry Nathan, can be found in the show notes. Please sit back and soak in some wisdom from the one and only. Terry Nathan, life, wellness, and executive coach, author of Strong Girl Spirit, Strong Girl Spirit with God and Women Who Impact. Welcome to Ordinary Success. Thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. uh, Thank thank you for, uh, again, for being a guest and being the very first guest uh, (laughs) on the Ordinary Success podcast. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So uh, full disclosure to the audience, uh, Terry and I both worked at Dollar Tree stores. Uh, We we worked at the, uh, the corporate office in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, my time there was short-lived, uh, but it intersected with yours, and I got to know you and uh, a team that you worked with on what were called lunch and learn sessions. So I came to Dollar Tree excited about the lunch and learns. I heard about them, uh, you know, from my my uh, my manager there, Natasha. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about uh, how the lunch and learn program came to be, your environment or involvement with it, and everything? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it started out, we, um, we wanted to do something developmental in nature for the associates, um, but not necessarily work-related, like how to, you know, better do your job or something like that. We just wanted to, because if you're uh, focusing on your growth, you will do a better job. So we were just trying to take it from the inside out, like how could we grow um, the associates in the building, um, making them feel good about their self. How can they learn better communication skills, um, better feedback skills, better leadership skills and things like that. So it just kind of came from that. And we just had this idea and said, we'd like to do this monthly. And if people sign up, great. And um, people signed up <laughs> and, and we were filling the house every month, which was great. And I had a great team to help me, but uh, we just really focused on things that would um, 
that you might go have to go pay for somewhere else. Like how, how do I get better at giving feedback to somebody? So you don't necessarily teach that in a corporate environment. Uh, we're more focused on the bottom line and the numbers and, and or we talk about, you know, how do I build my brand? Uh, my brand of being just whatever role I'm in, how do I make that a better, how do I represent myself better? You know, um, mm -hmm. is it that I, um, you know, dress a little bit differently maybe, or that I'm mindful of the emails that I send, that they're not all caps. So it was just teaching people kind of one-on-one -on -one business skills that help them get better in the roles that they currently were. So it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for me. Um, I think I was there for 11 of them. <laughs> so oh, I was only great. there for about a year. So, Yay. Uh, but I, I came to as many as I could. And uh, sure actually, um, I remember one time there was a book giveaway and I actually won one of the books. Oh, did we, do you remember which book it was? Um, That's right. We did do that. What uh, it was, um, I think it was what, what got you here won't get you there. Won't get you there. Yeah. Marshall yep. Goldsmith, I think is his name, but yeah, I've got that book <laughs> right behind me. It's a great book because it, that's another thing we focused on. Like just because you're where you are and you, if you keep doing the same things, um, it's not necessarily going to get you to the next step. So what do you have to continually do different? Well, you're sitting here in this auditorium right now doing something different. So that shows that, you know, you want to grow. So it was great. We had, um, our, our audience was fantastic. We really had a blast doing them. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, I had a blast there as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, I still, I still remember winning that book and, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I have it actually, it's, it's one of the books that I have, uh, it's uh, out in the, in my living room. Um, I have a bunch of like old classics and then I have uh, yeah. you know, a bunch of self-help and stuff like that as well. Uh, but but it, it's, it's out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate that and, uh, you know, appreciate you guys putting those on. It was, uh, probably, it was probably one of my favorite things from, from my time at Dollar Tree. So. Oh, good. Well, thank you for that. We, um, we absolutely love doing them and my team was super creative and um, they helped me look good. So it wasn't <laughs> me. They were doing an outstanding job. And we took to your point of that book we really took business leadership books um, like Success Principles, that book, Compound Effect, um, books like that, that we could pull information from. And then if people wanted more information, because we were only in sessions for an hour, they could go read that book or they could get that book. So Right, right. Yeah, I think it's important too, um, you know, because you, you, you hit on it a little bit there with the um, kind of the bottom line thing that a lot of people can get caught up in you know on in your day to day yeah. um it's it's important to take a step back and say okay what what's what are my next steps and how do i get there and a lot of that is is learning soft skills as well um yes. and um you know the the motivational inspirational thing is is part of that um but then to your point like you know how do i give and and receive feedback um you know that, that's huge if you don't get feedback um you know whether it's positive or negative as long as it's constructive um, you know, it, it can be hard to grow without that. So, um, you know, I'm sure you guys changed a, a lot of career trajectories uh, in your time doing that. So um, I appreciated it. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, a lot of fun and um, just uh, it's something that uh, I think is, is fun for uh, the audience to know that that's how kind of uh, we, we, you and I came together. Anyway, yeah, but. that is. It's a fun story to share for sure. Um, so 
we're going to change gears a little bit and uh, we'll shift to uh, maybe your ear earlier career. So um, we're going to kind of go backwards in time here. So this show is Ordinary Success and um, it's to showcase remarkable individuals who are successful despite not having some of the advantages of, you know, the top individuals in society. Um, you know, an Ivy League school, for instance, uh, large inheritance, big loans from family, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, I could be wrong, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but from what I saw in your in, in your LinkedIn profile, um, did did you go to college? I did not. And um, I bring that up as a as a positive for this, um, yes, one hundred percent. Because um, you know, I I. I I know it's probably um, you know a long story, but uh, it's remarkable to me that you know, uh, as someone in in my uh, early thirties here, I aspire to be a director at you know a, a large company some someday. And you had two different director positions, I believe, at Dollar mm -hmm. Tree. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear the story of how you got there, um, because you know, for me, I couldn't even get in the door there without the degree. And it's fantastic to me that, uh, you know, without going to college, you became, uh, you know, one of the one of the higher ups in, in the organization. So I'd love to hear, you know, the early career, maybe even before Dollar Tree. I believe you worked at a, a grocery outlet and uh, stage stores. Um, if you could go back that far, that's fine. If not, uh, if you want to start with Dollar Tree, that's great as well. Um, so, yeah, I just want to hear how all of that came to be and, you um, you know, get, get some more inspiration out of that because sure. it's an awesome thing. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to think back on it because um, I've always, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go to college. And really, in my head, I really didn't have the time because I wanted to dig right in. I mean, I was working at 13 and back then you could work at 13. But um, it was just the business world and communicating with people was just so interesting to me. And um, yeah, with the grocery outlet, we owned a, a grocery outlet, which was a grocery store. And that was just kind of the starting point of, uh, we were pretty young then and people didn't own grocery stores at that age, but this company out of California gave us a shot um, because we you know, we didn't, neither of us had college degrees, but they, but they liked us. And there's something to be said for, you know, umph and, um, you know, and just getting in and getting it done. And so they gave us a shot and it was pretty successful. And, you know, we stayed in that a while and, and things happen in life and, you know, the, our marriage dissolved and, and so the, the store um, dissolved as well, but that, that's not, you know, where you stop. I mean, things happen. You have seasons in your life when, when things change or they go bad and then you just try and figure out you always know, say let your rejection be your redirection and so Love how it. do you redirect and um dollar tree came into that picture um i was uh, sitting on a plane next to a guy uh, that worked for dollar tree and we just got to chatting and um he hired me and his name's gary washa i'll mention it because um to this day that this guy still calls me to check on me, great mentor, great leader, to check on me and make sure I'm doing well. He'll send me little Christmas messages and birthday messages. And it's just great to hear from him all these years later. But I started with him in a town, a little town called Hermiston, Oregon. And this was back in 2001. And I was a store manager 
Um, no experience other than owning that grocery store prior probably helped me get my foot in the door there. But um, it, it just, I loved it. I loved working with people. I loved, and I don't even like to use the word working. I like to use the word partnering because I think everybody you're working with is a partner in business. And um, I was working actually in the hardware aisle one day and these two guys came in in polo shirts. I thought they were customers. They asked me a question about the store. I stood up and answered it, um, gave them a, a hand basket and said, hey, you know, shop the store. I think you'll love us because we were new to the area. Nobody had heard about Dollar Tree on the West Coast. We were in Hermiston, Oregon. And they shopped and they asked me more questions and, you know, and how come your store is so clean? And, you know, um, some stores would go into some Dollar Trees seem to be messy. And I said, well, you know, our, our customers are great. They keep our store clean for us. Well, as it turns out, and after I helped them purchase quite a few items, actually, <laughs> uh, one of them gave me his business card and said, listen, if you ever want to do more in the company, give me a call. And I was thinking, who is this guy? And you know, what store does he run? And my boss called me about 15 minutes after they left. It turns out it was Macon Brock, the, oh, founder, wow. the founder of our company. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a fun story because that guy was so ordinary <laughs> and so great with people that I mean, he made me just feel like I was just helping him find items. And so he gave me his card. It just really said Macon Brock on it. I did not know who that was. And I may have been naive at the time, but I was on the West Coast. So I'll use that as my excuse. <laughs> right. And um, my boss said, Macon Brock was just in your store. And I said, yeah, I see that. Um, who is he? And he told me who he was. And he said, and then I, after I passed out, I think, um, he said, you really made a great impression. But I remember what he said to me, if, when you're ready to grow with the company, um, give me a call and we'll make that happen. My kids were just, um, one of them getting ready to graduate high school. And, and I just wanted to be at their games. I didn't really want to do move at the time. So when I got him through that part, because I really loved living in Hermiston, I sent him a letter. He said I could, so I did. And, and he got me um, promoted within two weeks. And, and I was on the fast track moving to California to run the California market. And, and it just was that kind of thing. It just, um, I succeeded, at, you know, one, one year after another, one year after another in many different roles. And and then I was out on the West Co or the East Coast for a meeting and ran into David Hensley, who was uh, one of our leaders at the time. And, um, and he, you know, said, would you like to come to Virginia? We're going to build a position uh, for a trainer. I said, listen, I don't, I, I don't know anything about training or coaching. That's just not my gig. You know, I'm operations. And he said, you're always a trainer. You're always a coach. And he said, you don't have to have the title to be that. And I went, oh, okay. And I said, well, I don't have any degree in that. And he says, we don't need a degree. And so one thing he said to me, your boots on the ground experience is what we're looking for. And that meant a lot to me because I didn't have the college degree that I know at the time the company was looking to bring people in with degrees. So I moved out to the 
East Coast for that job and got promoted, got promoted into director of training. And, um, and then I, felt I, I jumped into this position, director of human resources for an entire region, which I had zero <laughs> experience in. And again, I was told you have all the experience that you need and we have the people to back you. Um, in the things that you don't have. Um, we don't care that you don't have the degree. Um, we care that you know what you know and that you have the, you know, you have the desire to do it. So that's why I held those different positions because I just kept saying, yes, yeah, sure, I'll try it. I have no idea what I'm doing with human resources, but let's get it. And so, you know, I got certified in different things and and took the role, but it was, it was, you know, it was 18 years. And, and I will say I, it was a, it was a role. I really, all the roles I really loved. And, and I loved, you know, when Macon Brock was there, unfortunately he passed away several years ago, but um, it was such a family company then. And um, it was just one of those places to work and, um, and when it started changing a little bit, I said, you know, sometimes you have to change when things change. And that's when I decided to leave the company and, and go on my own and start my own business. So it seems like uh, a couple of things that, that I took from, from all of that. Um, um, first, it seems like you've, you've always, two, two things really come, come to mind. One is your relationship driven. Um, it seems mm -hmm. like you, you love to form and, and to keep and to foster relationships, which I think will help anybody listening to this um, in terms of building their career, because that, uh, that, is, that is very big. And then the other thing is, you know, in uh, one of the books that you mentioned um, was um, The Success Principle. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that was uh, the book that kind of got me on my path. Uh, a long time ago. And um, eventually I'll tell the podcast listeners that story uh, if, if they ever want to hear it. Uh, but um, that, that book changed my life. And one of the main things that I took out of that uh, book was one of the success principles is if it's the success principle itself is ask, ask, ask. Mm -hmm. And what I get out of that is if you don't ask, you won't receive. And when, uh, you know, Macon Brock comes in and gives you his card and says, right, you can write me a letter. You know, a lot of people may have been intimidated and, you know, after they found out who he was and everything, and, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking to move up and everything, but, you know, you, you may not have that ace up your sleeve or whatever, but you did. And then you used it and you asked him, you know, you wrote that letter, right. And then yeah. that opened that door. And then it seemed like after that, you used those relationships and you used your, your willingness and um, your stick-to-itiveness. And I mean, all of this um, to kind of make your way through um, what can be a very difficult thing for a lot of people, which is, uh, you know, basically the climbing of the corporate ladder, as they say. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's really admirable for, for anyone, especially myself, to hear that, that, you know, when you had the opportunity to, to ask, you did. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that led to obviously to, to very good things. Um, another thing is, uh, you mentioned, um, you know, getting certifications and things along mm -hmm. the way. 
Um, can you talk about any of those um, or, yeah. um, you know, ones that maybe you uh, thought helped you more, didn't help you as much? Um, just, again, this ties in as well to the, uh, the willingness that you had to, you know, reach for the next step, which mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, I think people may struggle with. But, uh, yeah, if you could just talk about, um, you know, any of those processes. Yeah, absolutely. First, let me say, tell your story of the success (laughs) principles, because the book, if nothing else, I have been, I've had that book on my shelf for 12 years and I reread it every year. And the number one principle is take hundred percent responsibility. (laughs) And I love that chapter. And as long as I keep that in my head, then I always know that I can do the next step or I can do something else but it's a great story. And I think it's worth sharing your story on that. And the ask, ask, ask thing. When I wrote that letter back to Macon Brock, I suffered a lot of um, hits from that. I had higher ups and people just tell me I should have never done that. <laughs> I can't, but my boss didn't, um, Gary, he said for John, get it girl. Um, but <laughs> other people, because I copied the whole world <laughs> when I did it, cause I was trying to, say where I wanted to go, kind of, if I was going to go a path, let me drive that path a little bit. And I got so much negative feedback Oh my! from people saying, I can't believe you have the audacity to reach out. You know, none of them knew the backstory, of course, but um, I just took that as a sign I was doing something right. Because I think sometimes when you get smacked around Um, that means you're on the right path. (laughs) It doesn't mean you're on the wrong path if you don't, but I think it's helpful. But on the certification pieces, um, when I was still with Dollar Tree, um, I felt like it might, I didn't think I have a credit, I didn't think I had a credibility problem, but in my head, you know how we all get, well, I don't have that college degree. I don't have anything under my name other than Terry Nathan and my phone number. Imposter um, syndrome to, to an yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But the company encouraged me and um, to go after the today it's called the CPT, CPTD, which is a um, certified professional and talent development. And it was hard and, and it was worthwhile. It took me three years to get. And after I finally passed and I'll tell your listeners, I failed that exam three times. It was, or two times. It was on the third time when I finally passed. So um, nothing hard comes easy, let me tell you. But after I finally passed, I remember one of my supervisors telling me, yeah, you know, we should have put you in the other steps first, because that's like um, jumping into the middle of the ocean without a, um, a life vest. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, it's just was interesting, but it has helped me. Um because it's opened the door to so many fabulous connections Mm. and such a great network of people. Um, As a matter of fact, I just heard from the director of ATD today um, for help on a project, which is, is just all great stuff all these years later that you're still connected to these people and they support you along the way. So the certification is great. Um, I highly recommend it, but the connections you make along the way that also serves well for the, I just in December got my certification in positive psychology. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. And that was um, just about a year long program that I started 
coincidentally enough, right when COVID started. So it was a blessing in disguise because I may have looked at COVID a different through a different lens, but I, but I was studying positive psychology. So I had a little bit different lens to look at it through. I don't really right. see it as a bad thing, unless of course you got sick and you died. I mean, those are bad things for sure, but what else can you do with this time? Well, you can learn and you can grow and um, you can sit, or you can sit around and have a pity party but that's not going to do you any good. But um, this certification was great um, for a lot of reasons, the content and all that. And it's also works great for my business, but also the connections I made through that will be lifelong connections. Um, you're broken to these groups of people that you just bond with. And, and I know people might think connection, especially now um, with all of the, all of it, you know, having to stay at home and having to stay socially distanced and all that is more important than ever. And so build your connections out there if you can, even if it's a Zoom call with your neighbors, because you're, you know, you don't want to go see them. Connection is going to be more important than ever because we're less connected now. Yeah. I notice walking down the street, people won't even look at you. Um, it's eyes down and they feel like it's okay because their face is somewhat covered, but I still try and connect with people with a smile. I feel like they can see in my eyes and I always say hi. Um, they may look at me like I'm crazy, but I don't care. I think <laughs> it's, it's um, I just, I hate to lose that in all of this. Um, and we've lost enough. Let's not lose yeah, right. our, our point of contact with connecting with people. Right. So it, it seems to me that... Um not only, you know, on the certification piece, did you get these certifications that help your career in kind of a more, I guess, concrete way. But on top of that, it's like each one of them or each step of the way, um, you just have this broader and broader net that you bring with you as you, as, you yes. know, as time goes on. Um, so that's, yeah. it's awesome. And it's definitely something for me that I need to work on. So I'm, I'm glad to, you know, get a little bit of a, uh, that uh, I guess would be chicken soup for the soul for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. good to always be learning something, you know, mm -hmm. e even if it's nothing big, it's not, I mean, just to keep that thinking cap on and that learning cap is so important because, you know, like you said, what got you here won't get you there, so. Right, yep. <laughs> um, so it seems to me that, you know, very early on in your working life, um, you had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, I could, I myself felt that in the, in the lunch and learns, um, you built yourself up to have this really good career at, uh, at Dollar Tree. And then, you know, I think it was at 17 or 18 years, uh, 18, total. Yeah. Eight, so 18 years at, at Dollar Tree. And then now it's time after those 18 years to, to finally strike it out on your own, I guess, again, um yeah so uh could you tell us uh you know everything that you can about um the strong girl spirit and, sure. and how all of that came about and you know the, the uh, inspiration behind it and all of those types of things absolutely um well it just it it kind of been in my head for a few years and and i don't know what had happened i something had just clicked in my head where I was remembering and I had remembered it, but I just hadn't remembered it this vividly. But when I was a young girl, I was bullied at growing up in school. And I just remember that it was super traumatic and tough to get through. Um, 
But I had a grandma who honestly, if positive psychology was a thing back in those days, she was like the owner of it because <laughs> she was able to, and she never said anything to me like, I mean, I know you're being bullied or anything like that, but she just it was able to help me navigate through those tough times and build resilience and, and speak words of positivity into myself. She said, not everybody's always going to be positive to you or say kind things. That's why you say them. You know, you say them to yourself. Wow. And so that then kind of ruined in my mind. And as a matter of fact, she used to call me her strong girl. So I thought I am going to start a company called Strong Girl. My company is actually Strong Girl Enterprises. And I decided that I was going to write books, a few books to help girls that may not have that grandma that I was so lucky to have. And I mean, she really helped me figure out my worth and, and did it all while in a garden. It's interesting. And <laughs> but, um, you know, so everything I write comes from things that she used to teach me. And so that's what spawns strong, strong girl spirit. And I want to try and help girls and youth listen to their inner voice and not worry about what the world might be saying to them. Um, I think kids have it a lot tougher than we did. Um, social media is part of that. Social media is good on very many levels, but it's also bad on very many levels. And our kids have a completely different dynamic than we've had. So these journals take them through every day of talking positive to their self and not only to their self, but now that I've said, I am kind, and, you know, one of the days talks about kindness. We also ask them to take that out into their world. Um, are you kind? What can you do to be kind at school? What can you do to be kind on a Zoom call? What can you do to be kind to your family? What can you do to be kind to your mom and dad? So we ask them to, while they're thinking about their own kindness, to pay that forward as well. Yeah. And there's activities and things in the book, books that help them. My granddaughters were terrific. Um, they helped me um, through this journey because like, for instance, I was gonna say um, in the title, it's um, growing and planting seeds of strength. At first I had sowing, and planting and they said, um, grandma, we don't know what sewing means. And so they said, what about, and so when I explained it to them, they said, well, how about the word growing then? So they were really instrumental in making sure that I was speaking the language of youth. And so we've done that. Um, and, you know, we work, I work with the Girl Scouts. I've just signed a partnership with the um, Veterans Pathway Warrior Wellness Center in Williamsburg, where we're working with the youth on confidence and resilience and you know self-esteem and body image and so just helping and especially now because the connections everything's zoom and and kids don't have to be on camera if they don't want to be and so we're encouraging camera we're encouraging interaction we're encouraging chat we're encouraging people to talk and speak and um so that's really what those books are about and we've got more coming. So um, hold on for those. We want to, we want to, the next book will be for boys and girls on self-esteem and, and we're going to be using some positive psychology method, methodologies in there, but um, that's really where it all came from. Um, all the kudos go to my grandma, Ruby. She was <laughs> the one who 
set me up for success. And all the while, I didn't even know she was doing it. But um, without her, it could have been a whole different ball game. Here, she told me that you know, you the world, what, what you do in the world is up to you. And um, she was just an awesome mentor. And um, they did an article on her. She passed away when she passed away years ago. Um, on her resilience. Well, I, it wasn't until I read that article that I even knew that she had a form of cancer called lupus because she never talked about it. She oh never, gosh. yeah, she never really, I, I guess my grandpa knew, but she wouldn't stand around and say, woe is me. And, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that with lupus. She just kept moving along, singing a song. It just um, <laughs> is quite an inspiration. And, and that's why I named the company after her because that's what she used to call me. That's awesome. Um, and, and sometimes I, I mean, it seems obvious that maybe she got it from her grandparents or her parents, mm -hmm. or something like that. but the, you know, when those types of people come into your life and they have such a profound impact, it's like, where did they get it? Because it's, you yeah. know, cause it's such a, you know, some, some people it just connects with and it seems so innate and it seems like that's the, the, the case with, with your, your grandma Ruby. So yeah, um, that's a fantastic story. And, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned, um, you know, kind of how all of this this came about um, with with kids these days, uh, because I actually wrote that as part of, of my questions for the book was, you know, I mean, how do you think kids these, day, these days, it, how is that effect, how does that effect play out in real life when all of these kids are growing up with things like Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok now, um, and the the social comparison, um, I think, can be very um, uh, toxic uh, in in a way uh, to a lot of these kids. And I'm part of the generation that, you know, I came up on MySpace when I was in high school and oh, a little yeah. bit of Facebook and stuff like that. So I I missed a lot of the 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 newer social medias but i just know that uh you know from my younger nieces uh nephews uh things like that that you know it's, it's a it's a large part of their life even larger so than, than it was mine and i just wonder how that affects them you know psychologically mm -hmm. um and that kind of guess uh, that kind of i guess um speaks to the importance of the positive psychology that you're talking about and that you've studied um so, um, yeah, I mean, could you just maybe expand upon that a little bit about how you think social media this, these days is, is impacting kids um, and, you know, a whole future generation now of, uh, of strong girls? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Scott, it impacts us. Yeah, <laughs> it impacts true. adults. I mean, it's easy to, and, and I'm on social media because I'm pushing a positive message. Um, it, it is a rare day you will find, well, I, you'd be not likely to find anything negative on my social media, but nor do I follow negative media. But I, 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 it, the impact stretches from youth to us. And it's so important that we view it through a, a lens that has perspective. And so we try to, what we try to tell kids that we're working with is that, okay, you wake up in the morning, roll over in bed, and, and it's just the way the world is right now. Kids want to grab their phone right, right away, but we ask them to lay there and physically think for a moment that they've just opened their phone and that they like their self first mm. before they like 
any other Facebook page, before they like anything on whatever social media they're on, like you first and get that ingrained in you. And, and, and I know this is going to seem a little silly, but, and my, and all the kids I work with do this and I do it as an adult, but you will. And, and I know my husband just loves it, you know, <laughs> but I stick sticky notes all over the mirrors, the refrigerators in my notebooks on my computer screen, wherever I can put them saying, I am amazing. I am awesome. I'm going to have a great day. I am grateful. I am smart. I am kind. I am worthy. Whatever it is you write, write on a sticky note and stick it somewhere. And hey, why not give one to somebody as well? I, I've been doing this for years and I can remember my kids giving those to me, the mm -hmm. little sticky notes. And, and I keep them because I love them. And my, my husband's always leaving me sticky notes, but we have to do that. Otherwise we're gonna keep getting sucked in to what social media is saying and that somebody else's life is better than ours. When in fact, again, those are filters and, and what's the perspective? Look and see what's going on. Hey, it's nice to see what's happening. I like to look at it because then I, I can see what's going on in my kids' life. They both live over in Idaho. So it's fun to see what's going on with my granddaughters and um, my other kids up in Fredericksburg. So that's all great to see too. But I got to sometimes launch back and go, okay, I've had enough of it. It's almost like, I, you know, in the book, The Compound Effect, uh, Darren Hardy speaks about putting yourself mm -hmm. on a social media diet. And I am super strict on this diet. I don't even like the word diet because I never diet. I just eat, you know, I'm careful what I eat. Mm -hmm. um, and will I eat a pizza every now and again? Sure, I will. <laughs> but um, I, I just say, get. I don't watch the news. Like if there is something that's going to happen, I'm probably going to find out from somebody or I'll see it on social media. But I absolutely do not watch the news. If I need to find out the weather, I look on my phone. I only have media that comes into my phone and my feed that is media I want to hear about, which is maybe business growth, leadership things, positive things, meditative things, things. I only have things that are going to feed my psyche, the good stuff. And so that's what we try and help the kids with is what are you listening to? Are you listening to somebody who's just rambling on about, you know, how bad the world is or whatever it is, get, get those negative things out of your head. Um, my office is set up as such that I don't know if you come in here, if you can have a bad day, because I've got stuff <laughs> with this stuff. I've got my little smiley cup that's got the, <laughs> my pens in it. I mean, I'm set up pretty much for positivity here, but that's what we have to do nowadays because we are bombarded by information. I think it's like billions of information bites a day. Oh, yeah. And it's important to feed the ones into you that are going to be productive. I am very, very particular about what I watch on TV. If I watch it at all, just because there's so much negative, but if I watch something that may be negative, I make sure that I've got that perspective on it, that this is, you know, this is pretend, this is a movie, this is, um, so we really just try to work with youth on, it's not selfish either. Um, some people say, well, that's a little arrogant to think of yourself first. Now it's confidence. 
And it's like, if you're, you know, they say, if you always hear the flight attendant on a flight say, in the right. event of emergency, you put your oxygen mask on first. Why? Because otherwise you will die and you can't help anybody else. <laughs> I know that's extreme, but it's the same with life. If you don't serve yourself first, you can't serve anybody else in your path. You can't help connect with others. So feed yourself that positive daily. And that's why these were written as journals to help kids have that daily feed of positivity and words that help us grow. And then by the way, let's pay that forward. Let's, let's serve that up to somebody else and, and help some other people who need it because it's a different world out there today. Yeah. I, I really like a lot of what you're uh, touching on there. And um, you know, I always, one of my favorite people in, in kind of um, the, I guess the, the, self-improvement world was, was Jim Rohn. And he, uh, he, he talked about, um, you know, the old saying was, Oh, I'll take care of you if you'll take care of me. And he said about how, um, I think his, his, his phrase was, I found out how sorry and short sighted that was. Um, and what he said was, you know, I'll take care of me for you if you'll take care of you for me. Um, and, uh, I, I've tried to impart that on others, um, you know, in conversations because, you know, I, I always think about like, what if I'm not the best version of myself? Um, and I take that into a relationship or I take that into a, um, some sort of, you know, it could be business, it can be personal, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, well, what if I do take my best self into it? And then the difference between those two different things. And if everybody can do that, then I think, you know, um, there, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of growth to be had there in the world if, if, if we can do that. Um, so, uh, give me a second here. So I did go through, um, the entire book and for anybody out there that is, okay. is wondering, um, it gets a glowing endorsement from me. Um, I know plenty of, uh, young girls, um, you know, in my life, I have, uh, I have six older siblings. Um, so I have lots of nieces and nephews, <laughs> um, and, some of those nieces and nephews also have children now. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, yeah, large family. And then on, on my wife's side, she has, uh, you know, some, some younger cousins and, and things like that. Um, and this book would be fantastic for anyone that is looking to impart positivity onto uh, young girls and their families. Um, so wonderful. Um, can't say enough about it, but I did want to go through it a little bit. Um, if you're okay with that. So Absolutely. the book that I picked up was Strong Girl Spirit, 21 Days of Planting and Growing Seeds of Strength. Uh, the audience can't see it because this is just an audio podcast, but <laughs> Terry has uh, the posters uh, behind her of the books. And, and the other one is, is Strong Girl Spirit with God. Um, and um, can you uh, talk about, um, well, really, uh, let me, uh, let me go into the family section. So the very first thing you notice when you open it up is uh, your family is all over this book. Mm -hmm. And you touched on that a little bit, but uh, can you just tell me like, you know, how fun was it uh, working on this book with your granddaughters? Yeah, it was a blast. They, um, they live in Idaho and um, they would send me letters um, when I was working on the book of things that were happening to them at school. And they were at a great age for it. Um, and just, they were kind of sharing with me 
what happens at the schoolyard, so to speak, and all this was before COVID, of course, but when they could be in the schoolyard. But um, one of the interesting stories, and I put it in the book, is um, my granddaughter sent it to me, and and she did something at school that actually she ended up being the bully. And until she wrote that out on paper, she hadn't really realized that she was the bully in this situation. She was trying to impress a boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that's that age right there. And it had to do with Pokemon cards or something, the stories in there. But um, she sent me that story and that had been pretty tough for her to do, to, to say, you know, I did this, I regret it, I fixed it. I apologized. I did all the things I should, but I was the bully in this situation. And it was just so great to see that. I think kids want to tell the truth. They want to examine when they've done something that's hurtful. And, and so that's one of the things we talk to kids about. Listen, I'm sure you've all posted something you're sorry for. So then be sorry for it. Then mm. tell that person you know, I am so sorry that I posted that. That was not acceptable behavior. And, and I apologize to you. And so it's just letting them know that it's okay to have that humility and in the play that let them know that I, I really didn't mean it. You know, I was in this and, and that's not an excuse that I was in a funk, but I just want to apologize for what I said on that post. But my family has been with me the whole step of the way, this whole strong girl enterprises, um, my son, my daughter, the, my husband's kids, their family, everybody has been super supportive. And, um, and I know they support me and push my product whenever they can. Listen, I know that the books, we sell the books, but listen, we, we don't do this for the money. We do this for the potential impact it could have and my husband even carries books in his briefcase bless his heart (laughs) and he travels and uh he's giving them out as he's going along singing a song he's just it's like he's my own little supporter out there but it's so great that uh, that he backs the the message and um he's always oh i talked to this lady today and she was telling me about her daughter and i whipped a book out and said hey let me just tell you. <laughs> so it's um they have been fantastic and um i wouldn't be here without them super supportive because what do you say to somebody who says you know i think i'm i'm going to leave a six figure um 18 year career see ya you know most people be like are you out of your mind and oh by the way I was only married to my new husband for a very short time. We're talking several months when that, when I said, what do you think? <laughs> and he could have went, Oh, okay. I didn't sign up for this, but instead he said, I think it's, you know, exactly where you're supposed to go and um, hire me to carry your luggage. Cause that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so it's just been this fun little thing we've had back and forth, but um it's awesome. I was going to say, at least you waited until after you were married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know I'd, I'd had some talks about it prior because I didn't, I didn't feel like that was fair, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Um, and then I, I and again, if, you, if this is something that is too personal, we can cut it out um, or just not talk about it. But um, I, I did want to talk. Um, I do want to mention this, uh, this part of the book at the very beginning in the introduction, um, when you're talking about Eric, um, and you said, uh, you brought me my rocking chairs. 
Uh, is that a is that something that uh, you'd want to talk about, or is that not? So uh, yeah, it's fine to talk about because um, I think it 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 could probably help somebody else. Um, there is um, if you've ever seen the movie Phenomenon, John Travolta. I haven't seen that. Well, in this movie, um, he's in love with this girl, and she's just like okay with him, but she sells these rocking chairs. And they're made out of this like twine and they're not the most attractive things in the world. But um, she's selling them like crazy and she can't figure out why. Well, one day she comes by his house for some reason, it ends up he's been the one buying them all. <laughs> and so it's not like she's selling them to a bunch of people. Well, so that story fits for us because um, I had been in a not good relationship like we've all been. I mean, it's human, we've all been there. And um, there was the whole, there was a, an, an engagement ring involved. And, um, you know, and, and just my gut said that I should not hang on to that. That is, that's not right. And, and I know that, you know, I had many people say, oh, keep it, it's, you know, Joe or blah, you know, and, and it just, it was just not vibing with me. So I sent it back. I gave it back. And um, that day when I came home from work, hanging from the lamp was actually this ring <laughs> that he bought me. Um, and he just was impressed with the fact that I did it. And, and it was just that, you know, it just, to me, it was, he bought me, you know, he bought my rocking chairs. He made me feel good about the decision that I made. Um, well, I didn't necessarily want to make that decision. Um, made me feel good about it. And um, it just, it just uh, sticks with me today. And, and we, we laugh every, I mean, I wear, wear the ring and he said, oh, you're wearing the rocking chairs today. <laughs> and it was more about let's grow through what you go through. And I like that phrase. Yeah, and it's just, it's a bunch of like leaves intertwined and it's just, you went through something. So let's grow through that. Let's not hang on to that bitter tree, which would have been, if I'd have hung on to that ring, it would have been hanging on to that bitter tree. And, and I wanted that to be done. I hold no bitterness towards the other person. And, and I just think it just, it, it just that those are the rocking chairs for me. Yeah, so it's like you you were you're using um, the opportunity to kind of um, seal off that part mm -hmm. uh, of everything, and then on top of that, you're using using the opportunity that could have been sour, um, yeah. and you're turning that into something that's positive for for you guys. And yeah, because I don't, I don't want to hate anybody out there, and I certainly right. don't hate him. And 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 that's the same. I, I try to use this saying all the time when something doesn't happen the way I want it to happen. Don't put a question mark where God put a period. Nice. Don't nice. question it. Move <laughs> along. <laughs> get get rolling. Um, I don't I don't know if this was from the Success Principles or some other book, um, but it's stuck with me for fifteen years now. Um, but uh, it's called, uh, I call them at least attention units. <laughs> mm. And like my brain only has a certain number of attention units and it could be like a mess, for instance, in the, in the apartment, 
It could be, you know, something as small as that. It could be something with work that's, you know, bigger. Uh, you know, it could be anything. It could be something in my personal life, whatever it is. Um, but for me, I always like to have as little of those attention units taken up by one thing mm. uh, as possible. So I would feel exactly the same way where I'd have this like kind of incomplete, this open browser tab in my head that, <laughs> you know, I would just need to close in some way. So I completely relate uh, to that for sure. Yeah, and, we, and again, it goes back to, you only have so much space and how much of it is going to, how much of it are you going to allow to negative? Yeah. And, and so I don't want to, it, you know, I don't want the space that I have to be all filled with negative emotions about other people and things that went wrong or didn't go right. I only really have room right now to fill my head with positive and move forward. And, and that's the way I look at everything. I mean, sometimes my husband's like, please don't tell me you're going to find the good in that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to dig. <laughs> we're gonna look. We're uh, looking a, for it. We always find it. <laughs> that's a fantastic disposition to have. Um, another thing in the book that I, I as a matter of fact, is is my favorite thing that I took out of the book is um, the strong girl curve that appears uh, a mm. few times within it. It's kind of like a, a checking in uh, with yourself. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to tell you one that I love it, and then kind of secondly, like it's a great illustration, and to me, it reminds me of like a half pipe. Like if you're skating in a half pipe, um, you have to force yourself to get out of it. Mm. Uh, so you kind of have to like, you know, use some energy and exert yourself to get out of it. Um, and if you're not careful, you can kind of fall back in. Um, so I just wanted to see, you know, where that came from, um, how you developed it. Uh, and then obviously tell the audience, you know, what it is. Yeah, so I call it the check-in chart. And it's because, well, first off, emotions aren't good or bad. They're just emotions. And it's our body telling us something's going on. And so if we're in the bottom part of the curve and because uh, down there, because you can't see it here, we're audio, they're sad or unhappy or frustrated or angry, whatever the words are down there. Um, okay. So I might be one of those things right now. Now, listen, it's okay to visit those spots because we're human. So permission to be human, we get to sometimes feel angry or frustrated, but we're not gonna live there. So don't pack a bag, don't hang around. We wanna get to the top of the curve. And I like that you're using the skateboarding thing, especially for kids. I'm gonna use that next week, thank you, if you don't mind, <laughs> because it's such a great visual for kids that, yeah, sometimes it's tough to get up that pike to the, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling positive, um, but you can do it. And, um, and that's what the book is all about. So if you, and that's where those sticky notes come from, slap those sticky notes everywhere and anywhere you can, because life is going to throw us things all times a day. And I mean, I can be feeling down about something and I'll round the corner and run into one of those. And it just might make me laugh or I'll smile and say, that's right. I am awesome. And then I'll move along or, you know, and it just, it's, it's very helpful. But that check-in chart is just to help kids understand that these are all feelings. We go through them. So if I'm feeling sad or angry, check in with your body and say, why is that? What just happened? And then say, okay, I can reframe that. I can move up that curve. If I look at that a little bit differently, my friend Sue didn't mean to just be mean to me. Really, yeah. maybe something was going on with her. 
So too often we take things personally, like, oh, they didn't call me. Or, you know, we we can write our we can write a story that's like we could all be novelists of the stories that we put in our head about why something didn't happen. And they're usually negative bites of information. So it's just trying to help you understand that. While you might be down here in the curve, there are ways to get yourself up the curve. And, and that's where that book comes in is just, you know, whatever it is you have to do, write it in your notebook, write it on your arm. We don't care where you write it. Just get those words of positivity around because there's always going to be something jumping out at you going, gotcha. Right. Um, it reminded me of when I was, I want to say 20 years old, um, I had gained a good bit of weight. I was, um, I'm six foot. And at the time, I, I think my, my highest weight was like 218 pounds, um, which, you know, for me personally was, was too heavy. And I had a goal weight of 185. Um, I think ideally I probably still wanted to be lower, but I was like, if I'm 185, I'm going to be a, a happy camper. Um, so I ended up writing the number 185 on so many index cards and I was still living at home with, with my parents at the time. And they were driven absolutely insane by the 185 on the fridge, 185, you know, on the microwave. So, you know, I wanted to put it in the kitchen because it was like, oh, going for food. Nope. You know, I put it, I literally would put it inside boxes of like Nutri-Grain bars and stuff like that. So I'd pick the, the index card out instead of the bar, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, my favorite place I had it, um, it was... I had a weight bench in my basement um, and when I would lay down and I'd be completely horizontal on the, on the uh, weight bench, as I looked up, it would be there. I would be staring at 185 <laughs> and that would make me push, you know, an extra time or two. Love it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it helped. Um, it still helps. I've kind of transitioned that over to, I get uh, reminders on my phone. So I'll get a little buzz and instead of seeing like a Facebook notification, it'll just be some sort of like positive thing or, um, you know, it'll remind her to work out or something like that or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and I have all other notifications turned off. That, <laughs> so. That's wonderful. Cause what you focus on grows. Yeah. And I mean, if you wrote, I don't want to be 218 pounds anymore, that wouldn't have served its purpose. You were speaking in the positive versus the negative of where you were. So that's fantastic. I love it. Yes, yeah, the, uh, the whole don't think about elephants thing. Yes. <laughs> you say that, you're still going to think about elephants. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then really quickly, uh, you, you kind of touched on, you know, it's okay to be in those kind of, I don't want to say darker, but, you know, kind of more negative emotions for a mm -hmm. time. And a lot of the time, actually, probably most of the time, unless there's some sort of strong external factor um it, it can just be something as simple as you know for me if i'm hungry or if i'm tired or you know if somebody said something at work that you know maybe have you know made me mad or something for a second whatever it is so i think it's really important what you touched on about it, it reminds me of almost like centering yourself and saying okay wait bring yourself back to being in the present and yes. you can kind of ground yourself in it um, as you were talking, it reminded me of a quote uh, by Carl Jung that says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Mm -hmm. um, and that completely 100% reminds me of 
you know, a lot of people, I think, instead of grounding themselves and coming back to the present, saying, okay, you know, uh, I'm, I use the hungry example, like I'm hungry, so I'm a little grumpy, <laughs> but I can kind of overcome that by taking that unconscious anger and making it conscious, and then it loses its power. Yeah. Um, so uh, really, really cool and really, really uh, um, strong stuff there. I love it. Yeah. Um, another thing you say pretty early on here in the book is uh, children learn by your example. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it as, you know, children, things are caught more than they're taught is the, is the phrase that I hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I remember hearing at certain points um, when I was growing up, um, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that that evoked a uh, a strong <laughs> so could you uh could you talk about uh you know how how that came to be something that was important to outline in the book and and you know what what your thinking is behind that philosophy yeah uh, well, i put that in there as a note to parents because it's listen we're we're always on stage with our kids even if we're not talking to them directly we are on stage. They hear us, they watch us, they view us, they do what we do, <laughs> whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. We are their role model. And, um, you know, I think about, you know, when I remember when my kids were little and, and pretty early on, I, I would look in the mirror and I might say something like, I didn't like the way I look. You know, I look, I don't like the way these pants look on me or I look, you know, heavy today or whatever. And one day my son said to me, mommy, why do you always say that? Cause you're always beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, it popped in my head that, oi, I was not talking to him. He was down the hall. I was in the mirror and he heard me and it really hurt my feelings at the time. Not that he said it, but I was disappointed in myself that I did not pick up on the fact that kids are always listening they're always picking up on what we're saying and doing so I said to myself I'm not going to let that happen anymore so instead I just looked in the mirror and regardless how I look I said you look good today girl or whatever I would say to myself and then funny enough I would catch them doing it and it proved my point that they are always watching what you're doing I if I was going to a coffee shop to get coffee and and I'm not I'm nice to people anyway, just because I just cannot stand it when people are, that's, by the way, that's how I determine if I like somebody or not. If you're not nice to the wait staff, then you're, you know, that's going to be a problem for me. Um, But I just want to, they're people, people are people. And I like to chat and, and be friendly with people. But I remember years and years later, I watched my son um, do something. He owns a business now, Sasquatch Contracting, and he's just this fantastic leader. And I said to him, I said, man, I just love how you are with people. I love how respectful you are. I love how you connect. And he says, well, I, you know, I got all that from you. And it, it's just so, you know, if That's I awesome. did, if I did nothing else in this world, I, I have two adults who have turned out to be amazing adults two children who have turned out to be two amazing adults and you know sometimes I think that's we forget we get caught in the moment I I hear parents talk about how bad the 
online school is and okay, well say that with your husband behind closed doors, but let's not talk about that with kids because I have kids and some of my calls say, you know, my parents aren't really big fans of these Zoom calls. We have enough of them during the day. They are saying exactly what they just heard their parents say. So it's really important to, we're stuck. We're in a, we're in a different kind of world right now. Let's make this a good thing. How do we teach them that this is, you know, we can still connect, this is still good. Um, here's the upside to it instead of the downside to it. So just some kind of examples of, um, it, we're pretty important in our kids' lives. And, and, and by the way, you don't even have to have kids. You're, if you have people that report to you, and even people that aren't direct reports, but peers, they are watching you too. And um, what you say and what you do matters. And so um, I think John Maxwell says this quote and something about um, in a person's lifetime, um, you will have an impact on over 40,000 people. <laughs> and if you think you're leading and you turn around and nobody's following, then you're just taking a walk. <laughs> so be really careful. John Maxwell's yeah. another great um, read and all his books and all his programs. It's another good certification. Um, but it's so, it's so true. We will influence over 40,000 people in our lifetime. And probably that was said many years ago, that number is probably quadruple by now, yeah, if not right. more. Um, how do you want to influence them? Your choice. I mean, positively or negatively. Um, we used to, you know, I used to always say that um, I was always happy to see my boss coming, Gary Washow. So you're either happy to see your boss coming or you're happy to see your boss going. Which one is it? <laughs> right. Uh, and, that, you know, I, I was lucky enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. And I say it to people all the time because I was always happy to see Gary coming, but I've had several leaders in my lifetime that I was very happy to see going. So be very mindful about the people in your life. Are they happy to see you coming? Or are they happy to see you going? That's awesome. That's a, that's, that is great stuff. Um, I, quickly, um, a couple of things that you've said, and this is a slight tangent, so forgive me for this, but um, okay. have you, have you heard of, um, I'm sure you have in this, in this world, the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage, change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. It sounds like a lot of strong girl spirit. Um, and just hearing you speak, like, it feels like it's almost rooted in that mm -hmm. where there's, um, you know, if, if we can do something about it, we're going to do something about it and it's going to be positive, um, you know, and we're going to make the most of the situation that we have, um, yeah. which is one of those things where it's like, say, you know, something negative happens. Okay. We can't change that. That's one of the things we can't right. change. So, you know, how do we, you know, move on? So, um, yeah, it's how you respond to it. Um, I mean, I can fall off the edge of the earth and, and be in despair. I talked to somebody the other day who said she's just been miserable since she broke up with her boyfriend. I said, oh no, how long has it been? She said, four years. Oh my word, four, <laughs> you know, four years. No, the audience, more. I about broke my neck there going backwards. Yeah, like, it, what? It's, it's like, no, 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 stop. Because it's, it, you can change the response 
to what happened to that event, to that terrible situation, you alone have that control. And the control she has right now is to go the other way. So um, yeah, it's, we get a choice. Awesome. Um, I think we're uh, coming about to about 15 minutes left uh, in our time. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer than uh, what I said. So um, if you would be okay with that, I can save some of this for a potential round two. Sure. Uh, if, if, if not, uh, you know, obviously that's okay as well, but um, I do want to touch on a couple things and then we'll get to some rapid fire questions sure. um, that uh, I do want to get to. Um, so first, the, the, one of the main, I guess, tenets, I guess, of the, of the book is the acronym for strong. Mm -hmm. So stand up for themselves, take charge of how they feel, uh, reality check, does it really matter? Own your feelings. Uh, notice that can acknowledge and then choose to move on and then get your cape of confidence. Mm. Um, can you talk about how you develop that? Um, what uh, your favorite parts of it? Um, I really like the cape of confidence. That's kind of just yeah. there's imagery there. That's just really yes. cool. Um, and then the imagery is obviously, um, you know, it's on the, uh, the cover of the book as well. So you can just talk about strong and how you, uh, how you yeah. came up with that. Well, I, it goes back to what my grandma used to say to me, but she would always tell me because, you know, there, there was a lot of things going on at school that weren't so good, but she said, listen, and, and my grandma was this amazing seamstress, seamstress, um, all my proms, all that stuff. She always made my dresses original. I mean, she just was this amazing seamstress. Well, she, um, said that she made me this fantastic thing. And next time I was up, she couldn't wait to show me. And so when I showed up, I said, where is it? Well, it really wasn't anything. She said, you're gonna close your eyes. And she said, and I know you like purple, right? I said, yeah, so close your eyes. Well, what she made for me was a cape of confidence in my mind. So she helped me build this image. She didn't sew it, but she sewed it in my head that anytime somebody said something to me that was negative, that hurt my feelings or that I didn't like at any point in time, that cape, which by the way, had an SG on it. You know, she put in my head, it had an SG. <laughs> I could pull that cape out of my notebook, out of my lunchbox, out of my backpack, out of my locker, out of my desk, wherever I was and put it on and those words would bounce off of me. And then at that point I had the choice to replace those with positive words that were within me. So instead of being hurt about it or crying or going home upset, I just wrapped that little imaginary cape around me. And so I just knew that had to go in there because it's super easy when I'm working with kids for them to imagine. I, we start, we do an exercise called, who's your superhero? And it really leads back to, we have them write words that describe a superhero. And then we tell them those words are them. And then we have them, I do the exercise that my grandma did with me that you know, I'm making them a superhero cape and we do the same thing that I just talked about. But it is helpful, especially when you're younger, when you don't know how to combat what's coming at you. It's not so easy just to walk away, you know, um, you know, the, it, just walk away from it. But you have to, you have to have imaginary stuff sometimes to help you fight the bad guys, so to speak. I would imagine as little 
bad guys and you know they'd say these words and then the words would go you remember like the batman and robin shows where they go bam wow yep. and, and so the words like you know you're ugly or something like that would be like all expressive with exclamation marks and, and, and but they would bounce off my cape and go elsewhere and so we help kids see that um but they don't need anything physical because our minds are powerful enough to combat what happens and and so I say, if you're scrolling and you're on social media and you see things that are starting to bring you down, get off of it. Yeah. Get yeah. off of it. That's huge. Open, <laughs> open up a book, do something else. There's plenty of things, you know, uh, we teach them drawing and different things that are outlets that are not social media. That if I've, if, you know, mom's not in a great mood and my brother's being mean to me and, and I just don't know what else to do. We open up a notebook and draw a picture of something that you would love, someplace you'd love to go, or your favorite animal, or your favorite food, or whatever, because drawing and putting words on paper helps to get it out of your head, and all of a sudden, what was going on is pretty much gone. So that's where that cape of confidence comes from, and the strong I laid out, um, just based on things I remember my grandma saying to me. You know, kid, the growing and planting seeds of strength she, then I say most of it was done in the garden. She had this big, beautiful garden and she would say, look, we're going to plant these green beans, but they only grow if we water them. And it's just like the words we put into our head. If we put negative words and we keep focusing on them, they're going to grow bigger. But if we plant positive words and we water those positive words with more positive, you know, the sticky notes, things like that, they, they grow bigger. And so she was really kind of teaching me through the eyes of a gardener and I think I was doing all her gardening for her <laughs> <laughs> that's funny which was great and fun I loved every minute of it yeah yeah um and it just seems like such a you know a fantastic time in your time growing up and a fantastic way to grow up honestly getting mm -hmm. those um and and kind of a, another thing to your point about uh, the the cape of confidence and um you know, social media and how all the ties in is like the way that, and th this goes back to, you know, writing out the qualities of a superhero um, and then kind of turning it around and saying that that's you um, mm -hmm. is, it's reminiscent of, uh, I don't know if it's a quote or just a kind of a, a, a way of thinking is that the way you see the world out there is really a mirror yeah. um, into your soul. And um, if the way that you're reflecting the world is consistently negative, obviously there's, you know, people that have clinical depression and stuff like that. So right. It's not, right. not the same for everybody, but, you know, for, uh, for a lot of us, if, if the way that you're viewing the world is negative, that's kind of where you need to pause and reflect and, get off the social medias and start filling your brain with things that are nourishing to your soul and not to, you know, not, um, I guess, uh, junk food for the soul, I guess, you know, uh, things like social media and mm -hmm. all the negativity and the, the negative um, comparisons that can come from that. Yeah, because um, there's lots of them. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, so I, I appreciate you uh, sharing the, the, the idea of strong. Um, yeah with us um so i will get to some of these rapid fire questions 
Um, these don't necessarily have to be one word answers or anything like that. You can, you can tell stories or whatever, but these are okay. more, um, they're less to do specifically with Terry Nathan uh, and more to do with um, anybody uh, okay. that, that, that I would ask. So um, this one does kind of tie into uh, the book and I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you'll understand it. And then when the listeners get the book and read it, they will also understand this, but uh, write a letter to your older self. Mm. Um, kind of, uh, let me, let me think here. If you could, if you, so write a letter to your older self. If you could write a letter to your younger, younger. self, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say? Um, and maybe what would be some, a pivotal point or some pivotal points in your life that you may choose to, um, you know, write that person, um, that age, I guess. Yeah, it's so important. And that's why we put it in the book because most kids right now think that whatever's going on in their life is the world's worst, worst thing. And that's why suicide's so high that we can't get past what's in front of us. But if we can look forward to what might be, like for myself, if I went back and was talking to my younger self, I'd say, everything's gonna be okay. You're gonna get through this season in your life. It is all gonna work out. And you're gonna get to help people because you have a story to share that others are gonna relate to. So what you're going through, you know, going back to that, are you growing through what you're going through? Just helping my younger self see that this is just a point in time. You, you will pass through this. And oh, by the way, you got a great little mentor over here helping you who just loves you to the moon. Um, and if you really look around, there's a lot of people who love you and care for you. And, and oftentimes when we're in crisis, um, regardless of our age, we forget everything that's thriving and flourishing around us because we get so center focused on what's going on in that moment. And if we just step back, take a breath and relax and realize that deep breath, I've got some things that are going on that are pretty good right now. Some things that are thriving, some things that are flourishing and they don't have to be big things. Um, you know, they could be that, uh, you know, I worked out today or I didn't eat that piece of bread or I, whatever it is, but what, you know, the birds are singing, yay, you know what? It's not going to rain this weekend. It's going to be sunny. What's thriving? What makes you feel good? Because if you can get your head out of that, you stop focusing on this piece that's driving you to despair. And so just that, that letter thing, I like to use it both ways, right? When you're young, write it to your older self, telling yourself, you came through this. You did great. You used your cape of confidence. Nice job. And now you'll be able to use this in the business world too, girl, go get it. It works backwards too. And, and that, because um, a lot of times we're living off of things that were hurtful when we were young and that you too will get through this. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be okay. Just, you know, keep pushing forward, keep looking towards the sun um, because even in the clouds, um, once you pass the clouds, it's there. And so it's just helping people see that. I love the letter part. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I think it's a fantastic exercise for anyone to do at any age, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that, that includes, you know, writing to your younger self or your older self, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think, 
a lot of us may have, and, and I'm included in this, I'm definitely not uh, immune from this, but, you know, you have these negative thoughts that, that you know, kind of creep into your, your psyche. Um, so therefore you can kind of be, I guess, less kind to yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if I write to my younger self or I write to my older self, I'm much kinder. Um, you know, yeah. I, it's almost like it's a different person. And yeah. I'm saying, you know, it's going to be okay or you made it through, you know, so one of those things. Um, and it's a, it's a good way to kind of get that, that perspective. It, it's such a good point, Scott, because we, we are nicer to people we barely know or our best friends. The, the things we say to ourselves, we would never say to somebody else. So try to reframe. How would, wait a minute, stop talking about, how, what would you say to your best friend right now if they came to you about this? Yeah. How would you? it's the same as the letter thing, but, you know, more present, but it, you're right. We, you, you are kinder because it's almost like you pull yourself out of it. Right. Yeah. You pull yourself out of yourself mm-hmm. and you're just, uh, yeah. and then for, you know, for me, when I do think about speaking with another person, which I would be in this case, I, I always try to think, um, you know, how can I be as kind as possible with these words, um, as measured as possible, uh, with these words. And, because I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I just tell it how it is. And sometimes I think that's just an excuse to be mean. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I can sometimes myself have these roundabout ways of expressing something. But for me, that's the best way to get the message across. It may be not the simplest terms or ter- simplest words. And it may be, uh, you know, it, it may be pretty wordy, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it, it's the correct message. And I think that's the important. Right. Um, okay. So next, uh, if you could have, and I may know the answer to this already, uh, but if you could have um, anyone, whether that person is alive or not, um, be your mentor in business or in life, who would it be and why? Um, and if you can't think of somebody, I'll give you an example of mine. Um, for me, I think the first person that comes to mind is Jim Rohn. I brought mm. him up earlier. Um, and the reason for me is because not only does he have these like little quips and things like that that are like, wow, why, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? Um, he's also like no nonsense yeah. to, to an extent. And he gets down to business and um, he expects discipline. And yeah. um, uh, so he would, he would be number one. Um, Tony Robbins is way too... Uh, <laughs> He's way I don't too think much of an extrovert. Long enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it would be the most exhausting day of my life. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like him, by the way. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, who who would who would that be for you if you if you could think of someone? That would be Tyler Perry. That's oh, okay. For me, yeah. Um, this man, and if you've ever never read his book, I think it's called "Hire Is Waiting." Um, I believe that's the name of it. Yeah, Hire is Waiting. And it is just a story about, I mean, I always loved the guy. I just thought he was brilliant. But I really didn't know his backstory and how he suffered as a child. Abuse, you know, poverty, you name it, he suffered it. And it was in that, in those moments that he grew Medea and that he grew all these different characters, but he, he struggled all through his life really, but 
every time he did, he looked for the silver lining. Like, okay, so this has happened. Now what? Now, how do I make this good? I mean, you know, when he was trying to get his show on Broadway, when he was trying to become a producer, the guy's a producer, an author, an actor, uh, he's a minister. He's a, I mean, he's just all these things, but he, he speaks a lot in his book about kind of life being a climb, if you will, and that, you know, we're all on this climb and sometimes we're going to misstep and fall down the hill a bit. But trust me, the view from the top, once you get there, is like no other. But you're going to get some bumps and bruises and cuts and things along the way at the top. But it's um, the life is a climb. And so enjoy the climb while yeah. things are happening. Don't, you know, look, oh, well, I got 10 more years till I get through this. No, enjoy what you're going through and growing through because eventually that climb is going to pay off and be well worth it. But um, the book is fantastic. It, um, it speaks to me on a lot of different levels. And I just think it would be fun to, to pick this guy's brain. Um, he, he, he also helps kids and he helps women. And he, I mean, he, he does good with what he's done good with. So he isn't, um, he shares the wealth, so to speak. He's just, he's an amazing um, guy to look into. I've, I've just, it's been probably five years since I've uh, realized this, but boy, I, I, I just, I adore that guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and that, that goes right along with ordinary success too. I mean, mm -hmm. like, yeah. about that. I, I didn't, I didn't know his story. Um, you know, a couple of the other people that I uh, kind of jotted down, um, for who I would have mentor me. There's two other ones is, is Teddy Roosevelt was one of them mm. um, because he, I mean, he just came, overcame physical disabilities and things like that to become yeah. just this mammoth of a man um, and obviously president of the United States and um, many things in between, um, you know, basically uh, was instrumental in a lot of the Department of the Interior and, and things like that, national parks and yeah. The other person was, was Oprah and she, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things where it's like overcame so much to be this Titan of a, of a person, um, in terms of, uh, you know, success and, and, um, just the, the kindness through all of that. And, and, um, you know, those, those were the, to me, the, those kind of stories remind me more of what you were saying about Tyler Perry. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, I do. He awesome. is, um, he's all about seeing the extraordinary and the ordinary. It, it's just uh, travels even, and, and this guy just came from nothing and he's this, and he's not arrogant about it. I love it. I, uh, he's confident and it's just, <laughs> it's a great book. And I just think he's a pretty good person. I don't know him personally, but, um, I'm guessing I follow him and all his stuff is pretty positive. It's awesome. Um, okay, quickly here. Uh, can you, well, it doesn't have to be quickly, um, but uh, can you think of a time when luck or serendipity of some sort uh, played a role in your life and, and how has it impacted you today? And again, another, um, you know, while you're, you're kind of ruminating over that, my, my example is when I found the success principles and um, tell the audience the story. Um, 
I was in a band for a long time and we were basically going nowhere. And that's when I was near 200 and, uh, 218 pounds. Um, I had, I mean, almost no money. I barely worked. Uh, the only thing I did was, you know, uh, go to band practice and eat Taco Bell. That was, that was pretty much it. And, um, you know, after a while I was just like, you know, there's, there's gotta be something, there's gotta be something more out there for me. Like it can't just be this. And I was like, I'm going to go to a bookstore. I'm going to find a book that's going to help me. Um, there's got to be at least one book in a bookstore that can help me, right? <laughs> I had no concept of, of self-development or self-help or anything like that. And um, I ended up going to a Barnes and Noble and I, the first book I saw was The Success Principles. And I picked it up and you, you, you are the one that actually brought up the very first chapter. And as soon as I read the title of that chapter, which is Take 100% Responsibility for Your Life, I was like, I'm in. And it was really just the serendipity, I think, of me finding that book. And I was not a reader at the time, so it helped that the 64 success principles are like two or three pages each. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing really good. I have four chapters in today, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like six pages, but, <laughs> you know. That's why I love the book. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so it's an easy read. But, yeah, just uh, any time that uh, luck kind of played a part in your life um, to uh, get you to where you are. Can you think of anything? Yeah, um, I mean, I have a lot, but the one, this one comes to mind because you're talking about success principles is um, success principles have been on my shelf many years um, and a lot of seeds for success, the lunch and learns um, were um, based or were, were principles from that book. Hmm. But at a point when I was, um, coming out of just going through some tough times. I was deciding if, if corporate was for me anymore and if it was time for me to do something else. So there was a lot of intersecting things going on that just were, ah. Um, I had the opportunity to attend a Jack Canfield um, retreat, if you will. And um, I jumped at the opportunity. It was kind of like an invite because A, I loved the book and I loved him, but the, the, I did not know what that retreat would do for me. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. I just knew I had to do it and I had to go and it was a week long and I was gonna do it. I didn't care if I didn't have any more time off PTO. I was gonna be calling in sick if I needed to <laughs> because I was doing this because it was Jack Anvil. Right. And in that, when I was, I was starting to grow the strong girl spirit idea, and I had it in my head and I had some on paper, I had it jogged down stuff. Well, part of that retreat was presenting any ideas that you might have. And I presented that and he loved it. And wow. he said to me, you, you must do this. You have to do this. <laughs> Even if you never make a dime, it's so important that you do it because it, it is something that's embedded in you from when you were a child. And, and they gave, the whole, his whole team was there and they gave me ideas on marketing and, you know, um, where you could publish and what you could do. And here's my phone number if you need any help. And so the, that whole thing was, came best time of my life that it could ever have come. It opened the door for me in a lot of different ways, helped me solve a lot of problems, make a lot of tough decisions um, with a clearer view. That's awesome. Um, 
You may have sold a Jack Canfield seminar on me. <laughs> I, I would recommend it. I loved, loved it. And, yeah, uh, and again, going back to the connections, I have tons of connections from it still. That, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, he's, he's had a huge impact on my life. I've never met him and, uh, you know, I get, I still get his emails and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but, um, he's a treat. yeah, it's, that's, that is awesome. Um, I'm so happy for you that it happened too. I mean, that's, uh, mm. it's, it's one of those things where I, I would have, I agree a hundred percent that even if it didn't sell a copy, that's one of those things you mm -hmm. have to do because it's, you know, it's like, it's written on your heart kind of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that that's obviously not the case too. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's fa fantastic. Yeah. Um, so this question is, it, it may lead to nothing um, because um, it, it can just probably be something that's hard to think of. And um, so, so really what it is, is what book or books have helped you the most unexpectedly? Um, so like a book that is, that comes to mind where you're like, I, I didn't expect to get, you know, hit that hard by it, or I didn't expect to get the, this great idea from it. And again, to give you an example from, for me is, uh, the book is called the antidote. It's by mm -hmm. Oliver Berkman. Uh, and I picked it up cause it had an interesting title the antidote happiness for people who can't stand positive thinking. <laughs> um, and it's, it hit me in a way that I did not expect. And it, it um, hammered the idea of the negative path is what he calls it or negative yeah. thinking um, and how that can be positive as well. And it's not what it sounds like. Uh, and to people in the audience that don't um, know what that means, it's ne the, the negative path, negative thinking is if you have something you really want to do, um, the way in that book he suggests going about it is listing and really thinking about the worst things that can happen if you do it. Um, and, you know, for, for me, um, I, I wrote a book, a children's book as well. It's a hockey children's book. Um, and I used that negative thinking to create that children's book because I was like, you know, it's, I'll have to self-publish and I have to get a, yeah. a, an illustrator and all this stuff and, and no yeah. one's going to read it anyway. So like, what's the difference? Like, you know, but it was something that I really wanted to try and I did. And, you know, it hasn't sold very many copies or anything, but I'm so glad I did it. It was, it was a fun project to work on with a friend of mine. Um, I really enjoy the product that came out of it. Um, and every, like I had to, my wife and I went on to some, you know, a couple little book tours and well, I shouldn't say book tours, but you know, we went and went to hockey tournaments and sold them there. Um, cause it's a hockey based book. Um, yeah. I'm a hockey player. And, um, so yeah, that book really affected me positively and I just did not expect it to, because it's kind of the antithesis. It seems as though it's going to be the antithesis of all of the other ones that I've read. So yeah, sorry to be a little bit long winded there, but no. uh, does anything come to mind? Yeah, I think, you know, the, um, when I read the success principles years ago, I, I just bought it because it was, you know, like a number one seller and it sat around for a while, quite frankly, until I ever got to it. And it blew my socks off the Tyler Perry one. I only bought it because I heard him, Joel Olstein was interviewing him on his radio show and I love Joel Olstein. And I thought, well, if Joel Olstein likes him, you know, I'll buy it. 
<laughs> and it was going to a good cause and everything. It was going to a charity. And I thought, well, I'll just buy it. And then when I got it, I went, well, it looks like an easy read. And I was like blown away mm. by it. And then most recently, Jay Shetty, uh, Think Like a Monk. Um, oh, interesting. Again, I bought that one because I heard about it on a podcast. And um, uh, I, I didn't expect it to be as good as, no offense, Jay Shetty. Like you'll be listening, but... I just thought, you know, here, you know, I'll just get it because, you know, it's a leadership book or it's, and, and I love it. I love it. Um, lots of great stuff to pull out of there too. So it's just, these are just three books that you can just go back to time and time again and pull pieces out. You don't have to reread the whole thing there. Right. Um, I, you can just grab pieces of them. And it's, uh, it goes to your point about, um, you know, some of, one of the things that is in Strong Girl Spirit and kind of has pervaded this conversation is always having those reminders and uh, kind of turning off social media, for instance, and, and you could go back to one of those books and just get a little bit of, of goodness instead of, you know, negativity or, or, you know, potentially negative comparison. Absolutely. Um, so last rapid fire, uh, how has the quote ordinary path um, to where you are uh, to success um, how do you think that has benefited you? Um, you know, obviously we all know that it can be to our detriment to not have, you know, a huge inheritance or, you know, things like that, or, um, you know, three degrees from Harvard or something like that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, how, how has this path um, benefited you? Well, I think that, you know, number one, I've paid. <laughs> I might have not paid cash. But you you pay with your life experiences of the things that you go through, and I and I like to use this saying a lot that my boots on the ground experience, because to me, and I'm not knocking college. If you want to go to college, you want to get you want to better yourself, get certification, GA. I'm all for it. But the boots on the ground experience benefited me in everything I've ever done. Um, I can relate and I can talk to people because I've been there, done that. And I didn't read it somewhere. I learned it. I walked it. I experienced it. And that's a different story than learning it out of a book. I'm not saying I don't keep learning and I don't keep reading, but when people realize you've walked that same path they have, um, it, it, we're, we're all on this walk together. And albeit alone right now, <laughs> we're all on this walk together. And so um, how we do it's pretty important. And, and I just, I think that just being able to experience everything has just been so wonderful. I don't know that I'd go and redo any of it. If somebody said, well, if you wanted to go back in time and we could give you a college, and I don't think I would because everything I gained from it, even when I left Dollar Tree, I thought, you know, in my head, I was saying, boy, that's 18 years wasted. And I had to quickly turn that one around because it wasn't 18 years wasted. It was 18 years of experience. Like yeah. I learned stuff. Like I got to grow. I got to do things. So nothing's ever wasted. Um, yeah, I guess that's my long answer to that question. <laughs> no, no, I, I love it. And um, yeah, I, I think that that really does, I mean, speak to the reason I even started uh, or wanted to start this because, um, you know, you want to learn from 
people who have similar experiences to you. Yeah. And um, kind of like I say in the trailer, all these people have wonderful stories, but I mean, I just get my brain shuts off sometimes where it's, it's like, yeah. I, have, I have zero in common with this person. Um, and I, I have no bitterness towards them, but uh, I, it's just, I want to learn right. from somebody that has walked in my shoes or at least on a similar path, maybe mm-hmm. not in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's wonderful. And it's, it's, it's huge. And I'm very happy that, uh, you know, you were able to, to join me here and, and be the, yeah. the first guest here on, on Ordinary awesome. Success. Um, so I do have five very quick okay. one, one word answer questions. Yay. Uh, and um, maybe I'll put some fancy music in or something right here. <laughs> okay. Right uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but these, I'm going to call them the five ordinary questions. Okay. Um, so did you go to an Ivy League school? No. Did you inherit a large sum of money that, that helped you uh, start your business or career? Nope. <laughs> Did you get a large loan from friends or family that helped you start a business or career? Nope. Do you wake up every day doing what you love? Absolutely, 100%. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so you are an ordinary success, and that is pretty extraordinary. Yay. So, um, Terry, Terry Nathan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on terrynathan.com. Pretty easy. All my information's there for adults and youth and, and whatever you're looking for. So be good to see you and or just send me a note. I love to hear your stories. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Great talking to you. Great catching up. There you have it, guys. I want to reiterate to anyone out there who has a young daughter. Pick up her books. Links to everything are in the show notes here, so they are just a few clicks away. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I am your host, Scott Rosick, and this was Ordinary Success.